We are continuing our series on Sunday nights with names of God. Uh, Sounded like a broken record player. Just to remind you, there are certain names that are generic names that you see throughout the Old Testament. El, Elohim, Eloah, they are, current, they are translated as God or gods, and that can be capital G or little g. You have the word Adonai, which is Lord, and that can be a capital L when referencing God or a little case L when referencing human beings. And then we looked at the first uh, sermon where we looked at this name that God gave Moses when he was speaking out of the burning bush. And he said, I, I am who I am. Um, and there's no really good way to translate it, but if you look at it in English, it's four letters, Y-H-W-H. And the best way that we think to pronounce that is Yahweh, but it means I am who I am, or I am the one who exists. And then we've been looking at these compound names of God where we take this name Yahweh, and then we have another word that goes along with it that describes the characteristic of God. And the word we're looking at tonight is Yahweh Sabaoth, S-A-B-A-O-T-H. Now that's not Sabbath. It looks a lot like the word Sabbath, which is the sixth day of the week. This is a completely different word. Uh, and the, the passage we're going to look at tonight, if you want to go ahead and turn to it, is in 1 Samuel chapter 17. It's a familiar story probably to most of us. But Sabaoth, not Sabbath. And it, in a lot of modern English translations, when you see this word, especially I know in the NIV it's translated this way. I'd have to go back and look at the King James, but you'll see capital L-O-R-D or capital G-O-D followed by the word Almighty, Lord Almighty or God Almighty. Uh, and that's translating this word, but a lot of newer translations and the one that I use most of the time, the CSB, actually translate the word as Lord of Armies or Lord of Hosts or God of Armies and God of Hosts. And that's what this word means. It's a, it's a military term. Uh, and scholars, when you look at all the times that this name is used, uh, one place you see it in Jeremiah 9.15, Jeremiah the prophet says, Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of armies, the God of Israel. That's referencing God being the commander of Israel's physical armies. Uh, you see that all throughout the Old Testament. God was the commander-in-chief of the armies. Uh, Isaiah 1.24 says, Therefore the Lord Yahweh Sabaoth, God of armies, the mighty one of Israel, declares... I will get even with my foes. I will take revenge against my enemies. So there's three ways you see this phrase used in the Old Testament. One is that he is the Lord or commander of the earthly armies. And with the case of Old Testament Israel, that was exactly the case. If you remember when they would go out in the battle, the priest would take the Ark of the Covenant out before them. And then the priest would come and they would sing and play drums. And then the armies followed them because they understood that God was their commander. He was the Lord of their army. You also see this term used some in prophetic language as being the Lord of the heavenly host. And that can mean two different things. It can literally mean the angels. Have any of you heard the Chris Tomlin song, uh, God of Angel Armies? That's an English translation of this phrase, Yahweh Sabaoth. But it also means He's Lord of the stars and everything that we see in the sky. And all these terms are tied up into this word, Yahweh Sabaoth. It's... It's used, this sabaoth, this part of that phrase is used 285 times in the Old Testament. And it's, it's either connected to God's proper name, Yahweh, or it's connected to that generic term, Elohim, where it means the God of armies or the God of hosts. 
When they were translating the Old Testament into Greek, it's the Septuagint is what they call that. For some reason, they used a different word. They, they didn't translate it. They transcribed it. They just took the Hebrew word and made a new word out of it, kind of the way we did with baptism. And for some reason, most English translations up until recent ones, they just translate this word almighty. So if you see in your, like if you're in Romans 9.29 or in James 5, and they're actually quoting the prophets, it says the Lord almighty, that's this word. A lot of the newer translations, the ESV I know does this, the CSV, they try to translate that word what it means, that God is the Lord of armies, the Lord of hosts, the God of armies, the God of hosts, either one of them work perfectly fine. We're going to look at a specific example of this tonight in 1 Samuel 17. And if you've already turned there, I guess you may recognize this story. It's a story that we teach our kids when they're little. It's talking about David, the shepherd boy. This is before he became king. And in 1 Samuel 17, you've got the account where Israel is gathered on one side of this valley and the Philistines are gathered on the other and you have Goliath, this guy walking out and he's cursing the, the Israelites, he's cursing their king, he's cursing their God. And King Saul and none of the Israelite army want to go fight this guy because he's huge, he's massive. They don't think that they can beat him. And part of the reason why is because they have forgotten who God is. Last week we looked at the fact that God is our banner, Yahweh Nisi. They had forgotten that, that they were marching out to fight the enemies of God, and they had forgotten who their commander-in-chief was. They had forgotten that God was the one who was going to deliver them if they were just faithful and did what he said. So they're all scared to death. Goliath is out there just shouting at the top of his lungs, you guys are cowards. Come on and send somebody out to fight me. Kind of like school ground. Come on. Send the best guy you got. I'll whip you up. And none of the Israelites, not even King Saul, who was a mighty warrior, their strongest soldier will not stand up because they've forgotten. They're terrified. They see this enemy in front of them and go, oh, there's no way we can beat that guy because they have forgotten who their commander was. They were looking at themselves. And on their own, they probably could not defeat Goliath. But then who shows up? Little David. I don't know, y'all know Jay Banks. Y'all remember the little song he used to sing about little David? Cute little song. But here David comes out, and David at this point has already been anointed by the prophet, so he knows he's going to be king one day, but he's still young. Sometimes King Saul calls for David to come and play the harp, and in between he goes back and forth between King Saul and going taking care of his dad's sheep. But he's been taking care of his dad's sheep, and his dad sends him to take food to his brothers who are in the army over in the corner, scared to go out and fight Goliath. So David comes in, and we're going to begin reading in verse 34. David has gone up to King Saul and says, I want to go fight Goliath. None of these people are fighting Goliath. I want to go fight Goliath. His brothers, all these people look at him like he's crazy. And now he's standing here with the king, the, the man he is going to replace, the man that he goes and plays harp for, and he knows the guy's got some issues. And he goes up and says, I want to fight Goliath because nobody else will. And in verse 34, he answers Saul. Saul says, you can't go fight this guy. You're just a kid. This guy's a mighty warrior. You can't go fight him. And David says, look what he says. Your servant has been tending his father's sheep. 
Whenever a lion or bear came and carried off a lamb from the flock, I went after it, struck it down, and rescued the lamb from its mouth. If it reared up against me, I would grab it by its fur, strike it down, and kill it. Your servant has killed lions and bears. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, for he has defiled the armies of the living God. Then David said, The Lord who rescued me from the paw of this lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, well, Go and may the Lord be with you. And then they go get all of Saul's armor, the helmet, and the shield. And they try to, to get David all dressed up to go fight this giant. And David's not as big as Saul. He's not as big and muscular. He's not as old as Saul. And he puts all this stuff on and says, I can't walk around in this stuff. It's too big. This is not going to work. This stuff is totally useless. And David took him off. So in verse 40, he said, He took his staff in his hand. He chose five smooth stones from the wadi, that's a little creek bank, and he put them in his pouch, in his shepherd's bag. Then with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. The Philistine came closer and closer to David with the shield bearer in front of him. Goliath's shield is so big, he's got to have a man carry it for him. I mean, this guy's the baddest of the bad. He's as strong and as mighty as you can get and he comes out to see who's finally going to come fight him because nobody's taking the challenge up. And he comes out closer to closer to David there in verse 41. And verse 42 said, When the Philistine looked and saw David, he despised him because he was just the youth, healthy and handsome. And that little song Jay Banks says, he's a pretty boy. And here comes this little kid. Like, he, like out of a little boy band or something. This little cute kid carrying a slingshot. And Goliath is this huge, grizzled warrior. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come against me with sticks? Then he cursed David by his gods. That's something to remember. Sometimes we just focus on David and Goliath fighting with a slingshot. Remember, this was more than just two nations fighting against one another. The reason the Philistines were the enemies of Israel was because they were pagans. They worshipped false gods and they were enemies of God. These were God's enemies. And God was the one leading them into battle, and now here they are up against the enemies of God, and the only one willing to step forward is little David. Am I a dog? You're going to throw a rock at me? Who do you think you are? Verse 44, he says, Come here. I'll give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts. He's like, I'm going to tear you apart and just... The birds are going to eat up what's left of you. Who do you think you are? You think you can come at me like that? David looked at him. I think inside David as a human would be trembling. But David remembers who his commander-in-chief is. David remembers who his banner is. David remembers who he's fighting for. As a human, he's probably looking at him going, okay, let's see what's going to happen here. What have I gotten myself into? But David remembers. This guy's he's a pagan. He's mocking God. And our God's bigger than anything that they can throw at me. And David looks right at him. We don't know how tall David was. It said Goliath was huge. He looks right at him. I mean, I'm six foot, and I would still have to look up at Goliath. He says, You come at me with a sword and spear and a javelin, but I come at you in the name of of Yahweh Sabaoth, 
the Lord of armies, the God of the ranks of Israel, you have defied, notice, you have defied him, not the king, not our troops, not me. You defied God Almighty. Today the Lord will hand you over to me. Today I'll strike you down, remove your head, and give the corpses of the Philistine camp to the birds of the sky and the wild creatures of the earth. Then all the world will know that Israel has a God. And the whole assembly will know that it is not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord, and he will hand you over to us. David realizes who he is. David realizes who he's fighting. And David realizes that it's nothing that he can do on his own against this giant. David knows that if he goes up against this giant, he's going to die. But David understands that it's more than just two guys coming out on the battlefield. David understands it's more than just a giant man and a little shepherd with a slingshot. He understands that this is their pagan gods, their idols, and all that go along with it, going up against Almighty God, the Lord of the heavens, the Lord of the earth, the Lord of the angel armies. If you still have your Bibles, turn over to Psalm 46. Psalm 46. This is not a psalm of King David. This is a psalm written by a group of people called the Sons of Korah. You'll see their name pop up in some of the psalms. But this is a song that they would sing together. It's a corporate worship song, kind of like our hymnal. The psalms are like, kind of like their hymnal. They would come together and sing these as worship. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not be afraid, though the earth trembles, the mountains topple into the depths of the seas. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with its turmoil. In most of your English translations, you see that word selah. They think that means to pause, stop. The music would stop playing and you would consider what you had just sung. Then continue, there is a river. Its streams delight the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. God is within her. She will not be toppled. God will help her when the morning dawns. Nations rage. Kingdoms topple. The earth melts when he lifts his voice. Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of armies, is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. And then they would stop and pause and consider that. Especially that last line, the Lord of armies is with us. Yahweh, come see the works of the Lord who brings devastation on the earth. He makes war cease throughout the earth. He shatters bows and cuts spears to pieces. He sets wagons ablaze. Stop your fighting and know that I am God, exalted among the nations, exalted on the earth. Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of armies, is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. And then they would stop and pause and consider that. Now we are not Israel. We are not a holy nation chosen like Israel was a holy nation. Now, I believe our nation has been blessed by God. I believe as Christians we're supposed to stand up and make our voices known. But even though we are not the Israel of the Old Testament, we're not literally marching in an army with the Ark of the Covenant in front of us, and God is the commander-in-chief, as the church, 
We are still God's army. A lot of people have moved away from that terminology. I remember growing up singing songs like Onward Christian Soldiers and things like that. And a lot of churches don't sing that stuff anymore. And I don't know why, because it's a very vivid biblical description of what we're involved in. Paul says we are in a war. A spiritual war, fighting against spiritual forces, demons, Satan. And this name, Yahweh Sabaoth, reminds us that God is commander of angel armies. It says when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he could have called legions of thousands and thousands of angels, and they would have come and taken him down. One of my favorite things that happens in the Old Testament is they're getting ready to go out to battle and the commander's looking out at all these soldiers and they're like, we can't fight all these soldiers. And he doesn't realize when God opens his eyes, he turns around and looks and there's thousands and thousands of angelic soldiers behind him. And he never saw them because he wasn't looking for them. We're in a spiritual battle. We have real spiritual enemies. And sometimes when you look at the craziness going on in our world, when you look at the political situation and you look at the violence and all the mess going on just in our country, not even counting the stuff going on in other parts of the world, do you sometimes feel like we're outnumbered? Do you sometimes feel like that the odds are stacked against us? That there's a whole lot more of them than there are of us? And what in the world can I do against all of that? Well, I'll be honest, sometimes it's overwhelming. Sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes it's angry. it angers me that there's so much of that stuff going on and it just seems like the devil is having a field day. When you look at all the things going on in this world, and we know, people don't like to hear it, but we know this stuff is demonically influenced. It's people walking away from the truth of the Scripture, people denying God and just doing whatever their hearts desire. And as Christians, we are called to stand up against this stuff. We are called to go to war against these spiritual forces. And it's not like in Hollywood where there's a person with a demon in it and they call the priest and they splash them holy water and there's all this dramatic stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. The way we fight our battles is we get down on our hands and knees and we address Yahweh Sabaoth the Lord of armies, the Lord of hosts. This was true then. It's still true now. We're not fighting the Philistines. We're not fighting Goliath. But are we fighting some pretty big enemies in this world? Are we fighting some pretty big enemies in our own nation, in our own community? And sometimes we're tempted to be like King Saul and the Israelite army and cower over in the corner going, I don't think we can do this. There's a lot more of them than there are of us. They've got the money. They've got the media. They've got the influence. What in the world do we have? We have Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of heavenly armies, the Lord of hosts. So our challenge, and this sermon will be a little bit shorter tonight, so that's probably a good thing for most of us. But when we're looking at the enemy, whatever it is, and it seems like it's too big, 
Well, it's got Hollywood behind it. It's got the media behind it. It's got this money and all this stuff behind it. There's no way we can compete against that. There's no way we can fight against that. There's no way we can win against that. First thing we need to do is don't worry about the number of the troops on the other side. Don't worry about how many people they have on TV. Don't worry about how many billionaires they have. Don't worry about how much entertainment is on their side. Don't worry about that. Don't let the, the sheer size of the enemy depress us or defeat us. Look at who they're up against. Look at who our commander-in-chief is. Look at whose banner we are marching under like we talked about last week. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The devil can try as much as he wants. He can deceive as many people as he wants, but he is not God. The devil knows that he has lost this battle. The devil knows that he is defeated. When Jesus said, it is finished, the devil knew that he had lost. But he keeps trying and he keeps trying and sometimes it feels like that he's winning. And he's like Goliath out there just yelling and boasting and saying, come on, who do you think you are? Don't look at the number of their troops. Just remember who's on your side, who's fighting for us. And like King David, or little David at that time, don't worry about the, the armor. Don't worry about what they have versus what we have. Don't worry about their millions and billions of dollars and their commercials and the entertainment industry and the music. Don't worry about all that stuff. What do we have? This is our weapon. This is how we fight our battles. We get in this book and we chew on it. And we devour it and it becomes part of us. And we get down on our hands and knees and pray to the Lord of armies. And remember, he overcomes everything. He's greater than everything. Sometimes it would be kind of neat to have our eyes open like that commander in the Old Testament. And just to see the heavenly host with their swords drawn ready for battle. Because that's what we have on our side. All he has to do is say, go. And I believe, this would be an interesting conversation to have sometime, but I believe that when we are in these battles, when we're on our hands and knees and we're praying, when we're in the Word, and we're involved in this battle, I believe those angels are right there with us, fighting for us. Because I know that the devil's sending something to attack us. I believe that. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. When we're fighting our battles and it feels like we're losing or we feel discouraged or we want to quit and we want to give up, remember who our commander-in-chief is. Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of armies, the Lord of hosts. And there's nothing, absolutely nothing that can overcome him or defeat him And if we trust him, if we believe him, if we're like little David, David looked around and says, I don't care what everybody else is doing. I don't care what the enemy looks like. I'm going to trust God 
and God's going to deliver the victory into our hands. And I truly believe that. I truly believe. So we need to hold on. We need to trust. We need to keep fighting. We need to be on our knees praying. We need to use this weapon that God has given us. And ultimately, one day, Yahweh Sabaoth is going to crack the sky and He's going to descend and all of His enemies are going to be put under His feet and they're going to be banished forever and we will spend eternity in a perfect world reigned by Almighty God.